Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and as always, this episode is sponsored by the Gamage Consulting Group. The number one role of school leaders is to build capacity in our educators. To hear more about the Gamers Consulting Group and our leadership and teacher support services, you can schedule a time to talk now at TreyGamers.com slash shop. And joining me today on the Dash Podcast is Miss Felicia Hall. She's an elementary school assistant principal in Douglas County, Georgia. And you have a commitment to putting children first and developing future ready leaders for 23 years. How are you today, Miss Felicia? Good, good, good. I, we're gearing up um, for another school year, and um, you know things are going well. You said you've been racking your brain a little bit. What's what are some of your goals going into this next school year um, at your elementary? Well, I have several goals, but one thing for sure is to just build relationships because this is a friend school for me, and we have a lot of new teachers. Okay. So important to just build those relationships not only with my staff but with the students and their parents mm. and once I build those relationships and I can seriously focus on instruction curriculum assessment and all of those good things right 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 that's absolutely that's so critical right in the beginning of the school year you know I know we're, we're usually excited to get into the content um, in the curriculum that we're teaching and we have priming plans set up for everything do you guys have somewhat of a priming plan for behavior or building relationships with your students well we are fine-tuning our PBIS okay Okay. You know, we want to start there and also just having the thought process of modeling the behaviors that we expect. And not only are we talking about the behaviors in the classroom, we're talking about how students should behave in the gym. Yeah. Restrooms, in the hallways, in the office, on the playground, on the bus. So just really clearly communicating those expectations and modeling and when students do behave in a manner that is not what is expected then that is where we help the students to understand how we should behave and not only how but the why yeah we're going to plug in some incentives for students not that we want them to see it as a way of getting a treat or a reward or anything like that, because we do want there to be intrinsic, um, an intrinsic sense there just to do the right thing. But we do know also that, you know, students do perform when they are um, provided something a little bit more tangible. So um, we are going to have those opportunities in which we will be celebrating students as far as their behaviors and leadership. I come from um, a great training background of the mm-hmm. seven habits of highly effective people. Actually, now there are eight habits. So we're going to be incorporating that. And by having the students who see themselves as leaders, they're going to 
take ownership in their behavior yes. uh, as well as their they're learning. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Is that a is the seven habits? Is that something that you've been using throughout your career, or is that something I've that's been using? Well, actually, um, I've been using it ever since I became an administrator. Okay. Uh, is this will be my eighth year? However, um, I really started honing in more so on all of the habits with students about three years ago. Okay. You know, more so for me as an administrator to model those habits and to get my teachers to model those behaviors as well, um, because I do believe it is important to lead by example. However, um, to have students to use the language of those habits by saying, um, be proactive, I'm, I'm proactive, you know, yeah. um, putting first things first, um, synergizing, um, just those seven habits, if those students can do that, think win-win, you know, um, right. it's always about me. Yes. And as a campus, create that culture of we. Mm-hmm. And so that we are all being successful, not just certain individuals or certain teachers, if that makes sense. Yeah, for, for sure. I love what you said, too, about making win-win situations. You know, I think that's something that a lot of times students struggle with, whether it's uh, knowing the value of their grades or knowing the value of completing an assignment. You know, if you're on the cusp of the 89%, getting that 90% makes a big difference. And, and same with building those relationships. If you can take the time to build the whole child and the whole person that changes the culture, that changes the way that behavior is impacted at your school. Um, how have you seen implementing these seven habits in, in relationship building in your school? How have you seen that impact your, your behavior, your documentation, the incidents that happen on campus? Oh my gosh, um, it has been a, I've seen a significant impact. Um, well, let's just take the students who were your quiet and reserved students mm. who would not would not self-advocate. However, by utilizing the seven habits, um, those students um, had started using their voice, which is now habit number eight. Mm. And um, just having a community of leaders that will help push you to that next level and encourage you to take risk. Um, and even just those students who have issues with their behaviors, um, habit number five, seeking first to understand allows us to look at things in the um, lens or through the lens of others like, oh wow, you know, let me let me try to understand why this kid is being so angry. Yeah. Um, or why this student is behaving a certain way as opposed to blaming or um, just having that negative attitude about that student. If we can seek first to understand why, well, maybe there's a reason why. And once we get to that root cause and we can better understand. Now, I'm not saying we excuse the behavior, but if we can understand why that person being mean, um, being nasty, being rude and disrespectful, um, and then show them that there's a different way, you know, and that how much better 
um, they'll feel and others will feel when that they change that behavior. But yeah, seeking first to understand goes a long way. And just, um, you know, just putting things, you know, putting first things first. How do you prioritize? A lot of times kids don't know how to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if they learn a system of, wait, let me let me take care of business first and then I'll play. Yeah. I'll play game or what have you. Um, let me begin with the end in mind. Let me set goals. And that was a big thing too, goal setting. Um, I've seen kindergarten students rocket at goal setting. Um, they can tell you what their goal is. They can tell you where they started. Mm. They can tell you where they want to be. And they can tell you how they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I started saying that to some of my staff members yesterday. And they were looking at me like, really, kindergarten students? Um, I said, yes. If we don't expect for them to do that, then they won't. Yeah. They won't do that. I said, but yeah. I said, when we model and help those students to create those SMART goals and help them monitor um, and create action steps and an action plan to get there, then they will get there. We mm-hmm. just got to that they can and then give them give them the tools and then let them do too often we do all the work we go home tired but no <laughs> it should be the other way around if, if you know if they take ownership and have a role in their goal setting then they're going to be more willing to um meet that goal and not yeah, expectations are so important in the classroom. And I, I think even, you know, mentioning, you know, essentially the social emotional learning curriculum, it absolutely starts with kindergarten on up, building that whole child. And I know, you you know, you mentioned um, having building future ready leaders or developing future ready leaders. What does that look like in your mind and what role does education play in building our leaders for the next generation? Well, again, just just uh, piggybacking off of the um, leader in me. Mm-hmm. Um, students see that I am a leader of my behavior and of my learning. Yeah. Important to me, you know. I can, and, and a lot of times we do see students who make great grades, but they're not leaders. Yeah. Uh, and so what we want to do is to kind of, you know, see that alignment. And when we have students to take ownership of their learning and behavior, then they are going to perform. And not only that, but um, just creating that cadence of accountability in which, um, let's say that little Johnny has, he's struggling and is, um, doesn't seem to be winning the game, if you will, and not close to meeting his goal. Well, in an environment and a climate that I want to create for my campus is that the others around him will rally and be his accountability partner and yeah. will help him through it. Yeah. They will say, oh, okay, well, he, instead of laughing at him and pointing him out as being the kid not being successful, they are going to be the ones to help him to become more successful by um, working with him and encouraging him and to say, hey, did you read your 20 minutes yesterday? Well, then that's probably why you're not being more successful. Mm-hmm. And if you create that climate where it's okay to um, 
call someone out, if you will, or hold them accountable, and they see it that you're doing it out of love and that you really and truly want them to be successful, then the, the, um, the person on the receiving end will receive it positively. Yeah. Uh, well, that is what I want. I want, I, I, I want all of us to win. Yeah. Not just a full of kids, all of us. And we just have to, you know, just be there for each other, hold each other accountable. And that means even the teachers. And I say it to the teachers, you know, I'm going to hold you accountable. Hold me accountable. Yeah. And so is this your first year at the school? That climate and culture of accountability being important. Mm. Is this your first year in your new role or in your current role, excuse me? Um, no, I've been in AP for seven and a half years already. So this will be going into my eighth year. Um, so no, this is not my first time, but this will be... Um, the first time at this school. At this so school, it's yeah. So different because, you know, right now we are, what they've done in the past on this campus is to focus on just the, you know, the, the academics. And of course, like you pointed out, the social and emotional piece because we do have, um, we have a mental health um, expert on our campus. Okay. So this can go to that person and discuss what's happening because that's important. We don't reach right. and address those mental health issues that may be um, gearing up mm-hmm. and we are in mm-hmm. For sure. Now, I see that you, you've you also published a book, uh, Ms. Mm-hmm. Hall, the, the, for, the Elite Force in Middle School Madness in last April. What is that about? Um... Yes, um, actually, it was published 2018, um, August 2018. It is a realistic fiction that centers around a group of friends who have been friends in elementary. They venture out into middle school. Mm. Life is good. They are living their best life until a new talented student enrolls <laughs> in the um, the terms of the new people today they would say and things go from zero to 100 real quick <laughs> <laughs> but um the new student is so talented that it causes conflict within the group yeah so loyalty is tested and um, not only are we looking at that friendship piece because a lot of students in middle school and middle school are trying to figure things out they mm-hmm. don't know people alone they're trying to find their their niche their their clique um their tribe if you will and just trying to fit in so they're already dealing with that on top of the um, physical emotional social you name it, you know, right. so they're going through some changes as it is. And, and then you have your academics. You have all of these classes. You have your parents probably pressuring you to make certain grades. So it is a lot going on mm-hmm. um, in middle school. But, but one thing, well, actually, more than one thing that um, I want others to take away from this book is that um, it's not always the girls who have the drama. And what parents may not know is that they really need to have conversations with their children 
regardless of their gender, but especially these boys, because a lot of times we'll we'll blow it off and say, oh, he's just a guy, uh, whatever, but not really listen to some signs. Um, one of the main students is not only dealing with the friendship issue, but is dealing with something personal mm. and is not communicating um, those concerns to his parents and is causing added stress. Yeah. On top of that, another student is dealing with something too that um, it, it just really, it is, it's mind blowing to see how these kids are going through and dealing with things that we as adults would struggle, that we some of us struggle with these things today and have had the use of experience to deal with them. And you're asking a 12, a 13 or a 14 year old to be able to um, handle these things. So yeah, it, it it has some social issues in there that um, will lead into great conversations. Right. That is what I want parents to get. Talk mm. to your mm. teachers. Talk. No, let me take that back. Not talk to, but listen to. If that makes sense. Yeah. We talk to, 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 as opposed to now let us listen yeah. and talk with. If that makes sense. For sure, for sure, without a doubt. I mean, conversations, you I mean, you hit on so much already. You talked about mental health a little bit earlier, but having those conversations and the things that uh, students go through, you know, and I think it's so important for um, obviously school leadership and teachers to be able to understand that before you dig in on a student or, or get upset with the student because they're not listening or doing this right or doing that right, you know, it's important to, to recognize that they're a person before they're a student or they're a child before they're a student and that they may have some things that are going on outside of school that are impacting how they're feeling in the classroom. So I definitely appreciate the the book that you've written. Where did the inspiration for it come from? Well, you know, um, I was a middle school assistant principal, so I had seen a lot of things. And I was at a high Columbia middle school, right? Um, And also um, we had, um, we didn't have a, um, we didn't have a lot of, ED students, economically disadvantaged students. You know, we had a small population. So we're not talking about those kids who come from poverty, okay? Um, But I saw some things and it made me as a mom, not as an administrator, but as Mm -hmm. a mom, go home to my son at that time who was just in elementary and have conversations. And then we would have conversations again and conversations again because I I was trying to be proactive and head off some of those things or even answer some of those questions that he may have had um, but was afraid to talk to me about it. You right. know, I wanted to know, look, no judgment. Right. You know, judging. Talk to talk to me and don't worry about how I'm going to react to it. Talk to me, okay? Um, and I definitely wanted to create that environment with us. But yeah, after seeing so many things happen. To kids who, like I said, not living in poverty. You're talking about middle um, class families. Right. You know, dealing with stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, so just imagine those kids who 
are living in poverty and have to take care of their siblings. You are in the seventh grade, but yet you got to go home and cook. You got to babysit, you know, um, help your little brother or little sister with his or her homework, you know, so you can't be a kid because you're having to be a parent. Right. <laughs> so you're angry or your your parents are on drugs if they are in the picture. You may yep. raise grandparent. You're angry. <laughs> you don't have food to eat. You're <clears throat> angry. So, um, you know, if we just talk to kids and understand where they're coming from, then that would better help us to help them. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, that that's what kids are forced to grow up so much earlier than what we what they should, I guess, what's developmentally appropriate, particularly for students of color. You know, I even I know they have some kind of research. I, I can't think of the, the title of an article on the top of my head, but like black girls that are the same age as their equivalent, a 10 year old black girl, and a 10 year old white girl. The black girl is going to be held to a higher standard because she's seen as older and more mature and all these kind of things. And I know I remember there was an episode of the podcast as well that I did with my father, number four and five and also number 101 and 102 with with my dad. We talked about preparing your child's education and so much about success has nothing to do with the individual. It has to do with what they're born into. And that's a choice that students don't get to make. And, and that's exactly why I feel like it's so important for education to be that um, that bridge to, to bridge the gap between, you know, economic, what you're born into and what you're going to grow into. That's correct. That's correct. Absolutely. Well, I like that a whole lot. What are you mentioned? Some of your goals this year are building relationships. Being in, you said this is your first year at this new school. What would make your experience this year be a success? At building with those relationships is just being intentional with it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, because kids can see through you. Yeah. Um, and if kids can see through you, you know the adults can too. So I want them to see that I am very authentic and that um, I really do want to get to know them so that I can better support them. For sure. And I want them to be able to not only see me as the person who is going to hold them accountable, but the person that is going to be their biggest cheerleader. Yeah. On you know, yes, you, you make a mistake, we're going to talk about it. But I also want those to be learning opportunities and also times for me to just celebrate, you know. So they're, they're going to see me um, in different roles and, um, and just learning and growing with them, mm-hmm. you know. Always going to be in the classroom. I've always done that in the past. So it's not going to change now. Um, yeah, and then, you know, that way they see me, they'll say, hey, you know, Miss Hall, come in, let me, you know, let me show you my work. Yeah. Now, you know, that's that's what I want. You know, I want to celebrate all of those things. Or if the kid didn't have a good morning, you know, it's like, hey, how are things going now? I want that kid to say, Miss Hall, I've gotten it together. You know, because that is what I want. I want to see growth and, and progress. So um, building those relationships. And I really want my Hispanic uh, parents to see that um, that I'm there for their community, although I'm not Hispanic. I am there for their child, mm-hmm. them, and this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, that's these these kids will be my family. Yeah, 
always will be a part of my family. So, you know, I've got to um, do all that I can to embrace their um, th- their culture um, and that way and their trust because I want them to trust me, trust that I'm going to handle situations, trust that I'm going to give their kid the best teacher, trust that they're trust me that I am going to help support the teacher who is teaching their kids, you know, and provide them with the resources. Right. But right now, they have no reason to trust me. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. They will trust me. And once I get their trust, it's going to be golden. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, um, and of course, my school could um, improve in our academics. Our test scores are not the greatest but they're not the worst. So um, yeah. you're talking about academics, we can always demonstrate growth. So I want to just come in and help my staff to provide the quality of education and give the appropriate assessments um, and plan intentionally so that our students will grow. And not only our students will be growing, but the staff members will be growing because yeah. it's not just the students learning. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, um, teachers are learners too, you know, so we're going to be learning. Um, and again, having a, um, a, a staff of new teachers this year, it's going to be a lot of growing. It's going to be a lot of learning taking place. And we have got to build our team. When I say team, team, um, Lithia Springs Elementary, because that is the school where I am. So we just have to, um, you know, build each other up, build our team, and our team will be our school team. And then we can focus on being Team Douglas. But we got it. We can't be Team Douglas if we have not developed and created our um, cohesive team within our school. Mm. And then mm. we can focus on, like I said, instructional, be intentional. When we're having our um, PLCs, we are intentionally planning. And my teachers are not just going to be in there um, trying to figure things out. I'm going to be right there providing the support. Now, I'm not going to be the one always leading the professional learning um, because I think we have genius in all of us and there are some talents and I have some strong teachers who are going to step up to the plate and facilitate those professional learning opportunities. And that's another thing that I want to do is to grow my um, leadership capacity. Yes, ma'am. Teachers to see themselves as leaders and to take on those roles as being facilitators and mentors, if you will, so that at the end of the day, it's going to benefit the students. It's always about the students and we've got to put them first. And of course, I have to find a way of putting my teachers first too. <laughs> you know, we can't leave them out, um, you know, because again, they are going to be the ones in the trenches um, putting our kids first and doing everything firsthand and directly for our students. So yes, just providing the support. And like I said, being an instructional leader, um, I, you know, I shouldn't be caught off guard by things. I should be looking at the data along the way and that is those conversations that we'll be having in our um, PLCs and in our team meetings um, vertical teaming you know what can we do what are we noticing what are our trends you know how can we get better what's working let's celebrate 
um, this, you know, um, how can we help support this teacher who is, you know, struggling a little bit or these kids, you know, I, I even said to the staff, we, we're going to name kids. Well, I want to face with the name so that we're not saying three of our students or 10 of our students did not meet expectations. Who are these kids? And I want everyone on the team to know who those kids are so we can be intentional. Right. Well, it sounds like you you guys have uh, looks. It sounds like you're ready for school to start, and that you've been doing. <laughs> so, I, you know, I told you I am so ready. I've been think I'm so ready. I've been thinking about it all summer. You know, coming up with my list of things that I would like to see, um, and then just bringing those things to my leadership team too. You know, not not too much. You know, you don't want to overwhelm everybody, but um, things that I feel will really impact student achievement and create that positive culture and climate because I want my strong teachers to stay. Yeah. And the ones that are not strong yet, here's that growth mindset, I want to help develop them to be those strong teachers and stay on this team. Mm. Mm. I love that keeping everybody on board on the same train. Keep everybody on the same page. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, well, tell me, Miss Hall, how can people find you or get to know more about your school? Well, um, they can go to the website Douglas County School Systems website, um, or they can go directly to our um, page. I'm at Lithia Springs Elementary School. You can Google it. It's in Douglas County School um, District or Douglas County School System in Georgia. That is where I am, and you can see where we were. And I would definitely love for people to chime back in and tune back in later to see where we're going. Yes, absolutely. Well, and you where we are. It's for sure. Where we want to go, but then just to see the progress along the way and the strategies that we're going to put in place to get where we want to be where we want to be because right now we're not where we want to be but we will get there working on it working on it it's a constant grind always pushing for more constantly (laughs) being continuous and continuous and um, intentional yes ma'am well you gave us a lot to think about today between building relationships updating that PBIS plan and the seven habits of highly effective people I thank you so much for joining us today Ms. Hall Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Yes, ma'am. And thank you for listening. I'm so glad to be with you here on the Dash Podcast. And as I mentioned before, this episode is brought to you by the Gammons Consulting Group. You can visit TreyGammons.com to learn more information there. And we will see you next time. This is the Dash.